Gotta play for food money. The sounds, the smells. I used to love traveling on the trains from town to town. The hotels. Brass platoons in the lobbies, brass beds in the rooms. It was a crowd. Rising to their feet. was pretty good i mean the reaction so far uh has been positive right positive yeah people people dig it they, they love hearing the inside baseball banter especially the, with your stories you got a better memory than i do but they, the they, inside they, poop yeah the inside scoop you can't say poop? i'm personally thrilled that i haven't seen anyone yet say who the fuck was that asshole and why is he all over your podcast because that's got to be coming because i felt like a huge dick no. Uh, top Come on. on, but that's that's, uh, that's how I felt for the first three years. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel now. <laughs> well, I think one one of the things that I I forgot to talk about is is that we should have a thing where where uh, we can ask people to send in questions and maybe we can answer them, like do a a fan mail type of question and answer type of thing. That should be because we were kind of fumbling towards a format, right? With that, that first one. And, and I think that could be an important part of the format. Like it's viewer mail or, or something like that. So, so if you, if you're listening and you have a question, I mean, you can, uh, what slide into our DMS on, on, uh, the Facebook page or something like that. And we'll, we'll answer the questions or you can, uh, Ben, can they, can they, uh, comment on the episode itself and have questions they have been on soundcloud people are commenting and on soundcloud it's kind of cool because you can put a comment as gabe did like in a very specific spot like you can stop the gabe how does this work uh do you did you do that deliberately or is it just like whenever you write a comment whatever part of the podcast is playing that's where it shows up on sort of the timeline of the cast I don't even think I was watching. I might have paused it or something, but I just put a okay. comment in there and it might have put it at the time when I was watching it. So Yeah, that's what it does. So if you have something you want to ask or say about a very specific part, it's best to listen to it on SoundCloud and then pause at that part and then write your comment and it sort of shows up in the sort of waveform. It's so right. weird. So, so the uh, like a timeline of comments. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And if in those comments you want to put a question and we like the question and we find it interesting and uh, it's not stupid, you, you know who you are, uh, That then, you know, maybe we can answer it and uh, we can, you know, feel our way towards a format. That, that, that that's, that's what's happening here. Although, it, having said that, I'm very happy with the way the first episode came out. I, I like, I like the uh, blue collar 
quote you used, Ben, that, that was very nice. Oh, um, thanks. I'm going to go through all of those um, ones that you sent me. And, um, and this this episode, I, I feel like I have my voice back, so it, it's, it was a little rough listening to the gravel, but uh, I'm starting to get it back. Uh, but other than you, that, I felt pretty good about the episode. You know what I, you know what I saw that people are excited about is hearing the instrumental versions of, of your songs, <laughs> which is, I don't know how you feel about that, but like people are like, Oh yeah, it was great hearing a little bit of Patrick Bateman. And what, I want to hear like the whole instrumental album. Right. So yeah. Maybe I mean, we will start doing different well, songs. Well, people are always saying that to me. They're like, you know, the oh, records are? would be so much better if you weren't singing on, on the <laughs> records. And, you know, it's like, all right. I don't, can uh, they, can they, can they save the, the versions if, if you were to play them though? I mean, you want those to get out like that? No, 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 no. We're I not mean, doing that. I'm not, we're not doing that as part of the podcast anyway. No, but Ben's just doing chunks. He, he, he's got it. He's got people coming back. Like he, he's doling it out like, like smack. <laughs> yeah. Anything in the last podcast, Ben, you're really good at this. Anything in the last podcast that we should address that was other, that was erroneous other than the roughness of my voice. Um, Gabe, did you hear anything that uh, you, you want to set the record straight on? Uh, I honestly do not remember having the rumors album and you coming over and, and playing it and reading the lyrics, but I, I'm it's it's a vague memory. Are you sure that was me? <laughs> it was totally you because we were hanging out and then and then everybody was like, all right, we're all going to go home. And, and you were like, hey, do, do you want to come over? I've, I've got some wine coolers and uh, some candles and a rumors record. D- that didn't sound like you. <laughs> I don't ever remember only that album. First of all, <laughs> I don't think we were at your house. I think we were at your one of your brother's house or somebody else. I mean, somebody had rumors. It was were you like house sitting for somebody? I remember because the the I think it was Chain the song where the, where the bass comes in at the end and you were like, yes, look at, look at that hook, you know. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's a hook. So maybe that was the time, but it wasn't my record, and it wasn't. I don't think it was my house because I didn't. I didn't own it. Well, I don't. Say, I don't think I said look at that hook. That doesn't sound like me. Well, I would say look at that hook. You might say listen to that hook. Whatever. Yes, that's what I would say. I, that's what everyone would say, unless they were talking about, <laughs> you know, Captain Hook coming after them. No, did you used to do those things in arts and crafts as a kid where you were like hook hook rugs? Did you ever do that thing? It was kind of yeah. cool. Look like at this that little hook. stupid strand of thread, and you're like. <laughs> I do remember that that. hook. Look at that fucking hook. I just did. I was never good at that. Were you you good at that? No, but I mean, I may do. I think I, I think I managed to either convince somebody to draw this for me as like, you know, cause you'd have like sort of this plastic canvas with the holes in it, but then there would be a pattern uh, that was like colored. And then you would match these little pieces of carpet or whatever the fuck they were, you know, uh, to the yeah. thing and I think I had one that was like a Planet of the Apes face and so I made a hook rug planet of the Apes, like Cornelius or something I, I think I did that I remember those those hook tools and yeah uh, it was it was it was a nightmare it, it, yeah so anyway uh this is the second episode of the lifers podcast uh it's sort of a local H podcast but 
more importantly, it talks to people that we like, uh, fellow lifers, uh, all that kind of stuff. Today, we finally have a, a real guest. We did the first finally. episode so we could do this episode so we could have Juliana Hatfield. And Juliana Hatfield is here. Uh, so, Hi. Hi. So I, 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 I want to mention something. I was watching Facts of Life today, and it was the episode where Joe elopes, you know, and I thought that was Robbie Benson. It's not Robbie Benson, is it? I, I know, Ben, you're a huge Robbie Benson fan. I am. Well, who isn't? Is there anybody in this podcast who is not a huge Robbie Benson fan? Everyone who knows who Robbie Benson is loves him. Right. But that's not Robbie Benson on the Facts of Life, is it? That's a Robbie I don't Benson remember, lookalike. I don't remember. I don't remember that episode. So I don't know. You didn't do like a Google search, Scott? Was I, Robbie I, Benson? you know, I did as much of a Google search as I was going to do, and then I figured since you know everything oh, about shit. Robbie Benson, you would. Know. I typed was Robbie Benson, and Google filled in was Robbie Benson on Facts of Life. So it's already a Weird. question that's out there. Yeah, but does it answer the question? Mm, no. <laughs> uh, well, clear, clearly it was someone who at least looked like Robbie Benson. If it totally looked Robbie like Benson. Robbie Benson, but there was something a little off about him. Like it was, it was a, uh, it was poor a Baldwin brother. It was a Stephen right. Baldwin version of of Robbie Benson. Like like the poor man's Robbie Benson. That's right. Can I tell you what I found out about Robbie Benson this year after okay. watching two of his movies for various podcasts? You can, uh, Jeremy which actually just got released on Blu-ray uh, in, a, in a restored edition. It's a great movie from like 73. Someone's going to kill me for not yeah. knowing the year. And then Ice Castles, which I'd never seen before, but it's pretty fucking good. Mm, Juliana, yeah. you ever seen Ice yeah. Castles? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a classic. Juliana, that's... we should have you on 70 movies we saw in the 70s. That's the other show. Oh, Scott yeah. I, I'm, I love that. I love the 70s Okay, we're movie. marking you movies. down for a future yeah. episode. Excellent. So what I found out about Robbie was that he had like a congenital heart condition and was having um, operations, heart surgery throughout his career. And that's what eventually stopped yeah. him from continuing on in acting. I feel like didn't he wasn't there a movie that he was in about that? Uh, there was a movie called Death Be Not Proud, a TV movie. Oh, okay. He's like a dying kid. But I don't know if it was a heart thing. Um, so what's he doing now? Is he has, did he move to directing or something? I feel like he's maybe directing TV or something. He directs and he also um, teaches. He's a he's like a, a professor at a university, and he's done a lot of voiceover work. He was like the Beast oh. in Beauty and the Beast in the oh, Disney yeah. cartoon version. Wow, cool. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, today we have Juliana Hatfield with us. Uh, she is. Got a new single out. It's called Blood in My Mouth. She's got a new album coming out in May. Mouthful of Blood. Mouthful of Blood. God <laughs> damn it. Man, this whole, this whole thing is Half just full gone. of rain. All right, anyway, you do have an album called Blood coming out in May, right? Yeah, yeah. And that is your 19th solo album. Holy shit. That's what, that's what they tell me. Uh, I think that sounds about right. I mean, but you've got... That's not counting the Blake Babies records. That's not counting the Two Some Girls records. That's not counting right. a record with Matthew Cause or the one with Paul Westerberg. You're like Bob Pollard. I guess, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, I guess I've done. Yeah. No, Julian, it's, it's it's a fucking lot of records. It's it a is, lot of records. It is, but pe when people tell me that I'm so prolific, I think, you know, that's not even. 
if you if you think about when my career started, that's not even an album a year. And you think about it, making one album a year, that's really not that much work. It's it's really not. Compared kind of, to, you think about people who have real jobs and they work 40 hours a week or more. Um, sure. You know. Sure. But nobody does that. No, nobody has that many records and nobody. And, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Bob you have. Pollard does. Yeah. Right. There's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of songs. There's a lot. There are a lot of songs that I've recorded for sure. But that, I, yeah. So she's also in uh, our new video for Winter Western as well as she sings on the song. So, uh, so we definitely wanted to have her here and she's, she's one of our favorite lifers. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for coming, Juliana. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. In a couple of days on the 21st, you're going to do only everything at the Q division studios. Yeah. My third live stream. It's, it's, I've decided to do one a month to play a different album of mine every month. So you've already done bed. And I started with become what you are. And this is going to be the first one that's electric. Yes. And I'm going to, um, use my loop pedal a little bit so I can do a few solos. How over, over chord progressions. I cannot figure out how to do loop, loop pedals. Are are you all right with those? If I can do it, you can do it. Cause I'm, I've, I, I am so stupid and, and uncoordinated um, but I figured out the simplest way to do it and I, I can, I can manage it. You can, you can just do the simplest thing, which is like, you just all, it's like having a pedal in front of you. You step on the pedal when you're recording, when you're playing a song and there's a chord progression, you know, you're going to want to solo over later. You just record, um, a chord progression and then you step on the other pedal to stop it. So this is secretly going on. No one knows that you're recording yourself. You're just, you're secretly stepping on this pedal and it's recording. Right. So then you stop it when you want it to stop. And so you kind of have to keep your time together. Um, well, you don't really, you can, you can make it work even if you get off time, but you, you'll have to go when you want to solo over the chord progression, you then step on the left pedal again and it starts playing the chord progression that, that yeah, I'm sure you already know all this. I'm, I'm explaining what you already know. But then, so then you have this chord progression playing and you can just solo over it. It makes sense when you talk about it, but it's not as easy to do. It's not. As... It's, it's definitely confusing and um, it can make you feel uncoordinated. Like I, I've only been able to do it if it's just one chord or like, you know, one really? bass note. Because going around, it's just like, I don't even want to mess around with it. And I, I know I'll screw up. I just don't have the confidence yet. But Scott, I have already, you're already playing like two instruments at once every night. So <laughs> sure, which would might which would make the uh, the loop great, and then I could do guitar solos like what Juliana's talking about. But it's just it's so nerve wracking for me. It's not even worth messing with it. Well, I think it's I'm I'm going to be playing alone, you know. So I think that right. makes it a little simpler. I don't have to worry about any other musicians getting in the way or so like the acoustic yeah. songs are you going to play acoustic or are you going to play those electric no, too? They're, I think not I'm that i want to give away what's going to happen i think i'm just going to use an electric guitar this will be good i i love this record i think this is still one of the best records of the 90s and well, thank it's, you. it's just it's every song on it is great this record is like it's like goodfellas 
You know, when <laughs> it comes on, you go, you know what? I'm just going to watch this one scene. And then before you know it, you've watched the entire movie where uh-huh. it's like, Pull out this record. I was like, all right, I'm going to listen to Fleur de Lis or I'm, I'm going to listen to Dumb Fun. And by the next thing you know, you've listened to the whole thing and you're, you know, you're on Simplicity is Beautiful and the record's almost done. Well, it has been really fun relearning these songs and playing them. Surprisingly, I thought, I thought it was going to be really tricky, but it's not as tricky as I remember it. It's really, it's actually kind of fun. So before this, before you started relearning this record, what were your like feelings about only everything? Were you kind of like, did you think fondly of this record or were you kind of like, ah, fuck that record? Um, no, I didn't think fuck that record. I, I thought, I thought there were some, I remembered that there were some really cool songs on it and, um, some fun solos. To, like this solo of dumb fun is really fun to play. Yeah. Um, you know, that stuff, right. it's, it's just, sounds really fun. And it's kind of structured enough that I can easily, like my, there's like my fingers remember how to do it. Um, the, the simplicity, I, some of it's a little bit more like, like simplicity is beautiful. The solo is all this stuff layered on top of each other. So I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do for that. I'm going to have to strip down the solo a little bit and I just hope no one's, no one's let down by that, but I only I think... have two hands and a loop pedal. <laughs> That's right. What do they I want, only have blood? ten fingers. Right. <laughs> so, so Scott and, and Juliana, I don't think the people who are listening know this, but you you've actually played together shows together in the in with Juliana Hatfield songs. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I don't think people understand well, the, the two of you. I was trying to remember, like what you we went on tour together, but you were playing triple fast action, right? Right, I was in triple fast action. We did we did some shows together. I don't remember how many. Uh, it couldn't have been but, more than like a week or a week and a half, right? Yeah, and then and then but then there was a gig at Crested Butte. I was doing I got I was hooked up with I got hooked up with this um these guys who worked at Solomon Skis. Solomon, I like, right. Yeah, yes. I like to ski and he and he would book me for my band for these gigs at ski mountains so we they would fly the band out and they'd put us up and we'd play at these ski mountain things and then we'd get to ski for free and they'd give us equipment ski equipment and and scott did one of those he played with me and my band at crested butte right did we do any more of those no it was a couple of shows at crested butte and uh was that mikey it was Mikey. Mikey. It was Mikey and, and Todd. Todd. And so you, right. Mikey, and Todd taught me how to ski. That was my first time ever skiing. Oh, wow. And it, and it was there. And wow. I remember, like, you guys went to the top, and you're like, see ya. And then you went, <laughs> and you were gone. And then Todd's like, it's okay, I'll stay with you. And, you know, I was I, just going I down that mountain. Oh, wow. I, can't, I forgot that that was your first time. Totally my first time. And I was on those. Solomon had gave, gave me those. Uh, they were trying to sell those, what were they called? Snowblades? Oh yeah, right. So I'm wearing the snowblades, and I get down to the bottom of the hill, and I I I thought I was doing pretty well, and then you saw me in the snowblades, you're like, Ugh. no, uh, I'm kind of a bitch on when I'm skiing. I don't have any patience for slow people. <laughs> I listen. I wasn't slow. I was really. No, you did. I you did I really, really well. You did really well. It was impressive for your but first it, time. It didn't matter. Everybody was kind of like really snobby about the snowblades, but. Uh, were they, there were the short things, right? With no yeah. boots? No, no, you had boots, but you didn't have yeah. uh, poles. Okay. So it was almost like 
ice skating down the side of right that's probably a good way to learn how to ski at first yeah it was yeah did you ever have you ever skied again well after i got hooked up with the solomon espn guys through you they started booking us to do Uh, shows like that too so we would do shows just so we could ski like this what you were doing but that was the go ahead so but those gigs that you were you learned all the songs my band was doing right well i did and it's funny i don't know if you can see in the background behind gabe he's got uh he laid he, oh it's sweet gabe he laid out some of uh <laughs> some of your records for you there uh, I saw that. and he's and next to you is it's not two vinyl only everything's it's the the guitar tablature book for only everything oh that's what that is so wow. i took that i took that from him and i learned everything out of that Oh, because was it, was all the, um, was the music right? Was it correct? <laughs> correct? It was. I mean, those books are actually really good. Uh, the, the, they got like the tablature that was, that was in the guitar for the practicing musician type of tablature. And it's pretty good. Are there local uh, H books of those? No, no, I wish, I wish. Uh, I got was... one for the President's United States of America album that my song is on. Oh yeah, I bet you did. But, <laughs> no, I mean, Every, everybody. Me. Everybody else has a book, and I don't have a book. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks, Gabe. Do you have a book? To, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. Uh, that not a tablature book, no. <laughs> no. Oh, that's right. You've got. A, everybody's got a book. So Juliana, when they make that book, and maybe they've made other ones of yours. Uh, do you have anything I have to do the, with it? I have to become what you are. One. Um. But I've never tried to play from it because I already know the songs. So I never. <laughs> but I mean, do they consult with you about? No, the, oh, I don't. Okay. Re- I don't remember anyone ever consulting me about it. And I just asked if the only everything one was correct because whenever I go to look up someone else's song, there's <laughs> yeah, all right. invariably there are chords that are wrong, and right. also with lyrics, they yeah. whoever's transcribing lyrics gets so. Make, get so much of it wrong and then it seems like every lyric site is reprinting the mm-hmm. original wrong one right you know right so well, one person gets it wrong and then it's yeah. out in the ether and everybody gets it wrong yeah I, right. I was looking up the lyrics to the replacement song valentine last week uh because mm-hmm. i wanted to use some of them in a facebook post because i'm that kind of a douche but um, and I was like, and I was like, you know, and then I was um, that, so I did that, and I was like, no, that those aren't the words. And then I did that same thing, kept going to different lyric sites. I finally found one that had what I think are the right words. But I was like, whoa, this is weird. But you're right; yeah, they you all copy it. off each other. It's a lesson that you can't trust so-called mm-hmm. authorities, like the the lyric transcribing authorities cannot be trusted. You gotta trust your own ears. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 a good lesson. But but I think that that book was actually correct. But but the oh, other, good. but the downside of it, I think, for you was that I only knew only everything songs because I've got the worst mm-hmm. ear. So oh, it was a very only everything heavy set. But I I remember. I, I mean, I have this memory. It might be a wrong memory, but did we play Voices Carry? That sounds right. I forgot I all like about we, that. I feel like we did that. I don't know why, but we. But I remember it was like it sounded really good, or it was fun at least to did play you, it. Did you continue to play that? Have you? No, I don't. No, I don't know why we were. Or I was doing it then, but I feel yeah, like that, we were doing that. That definitely happened. That that happened, and I remember these uh, 
ski bums were really mad at me after the the show because they're like, dude, relax. You're like rocking out too hard. Cause you know, I was, <laughs> I was young and dumb and I'm doing like the head banging and they're like, what are you doing? You know? And, and I was like, okay. You can't but, really help that though. That's just your style. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, but you know, they had a point. It's like, what are you doing? You know, we're playing till Tuesday covers and I'm head banging. Like it's ACDC. That doesn't work. I know. Like, I guess, I guess you could, one could have asked, like, what's he doing there? What were you doing there? No, we were hanging out. So, I, I, and plus, I thought that, um, yeah, it made sense to me. You're, you're a rocking presence and guitar player, and you've got the natural rock in in you. Well, I, you know, it was also, it wasn't on your dime. We could right. uh, just make Back Solomon here. pay for it. It's like, want to go skiing? Right. It's like, great. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Yeah. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Here are the Valentine lyrics that I looked up, and this is what it said. Well, you wish upon a star that turns into a plane. I guess that's right on par, right? That's all right, right? Mm-hmm. Then it says, can I keep you safe? Those aren't the fucking words. Can I keep you safe? That doesn't sound, sound like something Westerberg would say. Fucking Google shit fuckers. Yeah, some of the lyrics people come up with are so bad, so wrong. It's unbelievable. Like It's kind of fun. Uh, somebody tricked me into... Uh, uh, karaokeing, karaokeing one of my own songs. Is that a word? Karaokeing? Yeah. Karaoke. And it is now. And, uh, the lyrics were all completely wrong and I just, I couldn't <laughs> even do it. Cause I was like, well, that's not the word that, yeah, they're not, they're not very good. So you but, were reading, you were reading along to your own song. Yes. Yes. And I, and I, and I was kind of like, Oh, well, I'm going to nail this. And I didn't nail it because I kept getting <laughs> I kept getting thrown off by the, the bad lyrics. But yes, it was me, it was you, it was Todd, it was Mikey, and Craig Montgomery was there. Oh, wow. That must have been a long time ago. Mikey and Craig were there. Yeah, it was. It would have been, I remember we were about to then, do our third record, Pack so Up the Cats. So still the 90s. It was. And, you know, I, I, got, I got a lot out of that gig. Uh, we had a song on the record called She Hates My Job, but totally, I think I came up with that just because of learning um your songs uh, i pretty much ripped you off well so, that's okay uh, only everything is it's really it's really fun to play play it again and now i'm feeling like i want to if if we can ever go on tour if people can ever go on tour again i want to take that album on the road with the band i want to go play it live that would be great do you have yeah. any plans uh are, do you have anything people talking about offers or, or booking anything for when I the d- next record comes out? No, I mean, for touring, you mean? For yeah. Gigs? There's a guy, there's a, an agent in the UK who's trying to set something up for me for a little bit in the future. So people are, are talking about it at least. Yeah. And, uh, but I think that would be maybe a solo thing to go over there this time. Right. No band. No band. Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. We've we we've uh we've gone on our our third go round of booking a tour for and this last not, record. And then not doing it. Right. So we're supposed to do it for the third time in the fall and you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, is some it, are there are shows, shows being actually scheduled? Yeah, the the tour is booked. And this is the third time the tour has been booked. 
since the record came out. But I mean, the last time we were out was just before the record was supposed to come out and we were out with Soul Asylum. And then we almost made it to the end of the tour and they were like, tour is over. We're canceling the rest of it. It's, it's, you know, my my last tour ended Valentine's Day last year. We ended it ended in New York, um, just before everything closed down. Right. Or, well, I, I saw you on that tour, like maybe the second second date in Chicago. Yeah, I can't remember that one. Where was it? It, it was in Evanston. Oh, right. I can't remember it, that one. Weird. Oh, yeah, I sort of remember it. Yeah? My memory has holes in it. Certain nights I just can't remember. Well, you you have, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, but you still get stage fright. Like I get nervous, yeah, when I'm out, when I'm out of practice. Like that, the beginnings of tours, I, I just like, before I have my shit together for a tour, I, I do feel like, I've got insecurity and then it, that affects my performance. So it's, it takes me like a few gigs to get good or to get comfortable. I've seen you so many times and I never realized that you ever had stage fright. You never, you never came off as, I never knew something like that was happening. And it was only after I talked. I, I think I just have, I just like, I'm really self-critical, I think. And I, I just, I, I only feel like about one in ten shows goes really well, and then the other the other nine I feel like oh, I was terrible. You know, like I, it's just I don't feel like I always nail it. I guess I'm because I'm so I'm critical. Yeah. And yeah. every night, and every night it's so. Every, every stage and every sound system is so different. It's hard to have consistency and the stuff little things can throw me off like even just like the way the lights are pointed or moving or you know because we don't I don't bring a lighting person on tour so like just little things like that can really throw me off and get me pull me out of the zone so have you always been like that kind of yeah like I I guess well maybe there was that period in the 90s where I had more of a crew like when I had a guitar tech I didn't have to worry about so many things like cuz the guitar tech would deal with tuning guitars for me so they would be in tune stuff like that and I wouldn't have to worry about guitars going out of tune just like little things like I wouldn't have to set up all my crap someone yeah. else was setting it up for me and that that stuff I probably helped me feel like I I when I was able to just like walk on stage concentrate on the show and then walk off stage but these days, there's so many other things going on, just like logistically, and I have to deal with a lot of stuff. There's a lot, just a lot of stress around touring. Yeah, all the crap gets in the way. Mm-hmm. So, so Juliana, when uh, you're talking about your your streaming your full albums, I, I actually watched the, the both of them so far. And when you did become what you are, you actually played the record twice. Yeah, see, that was like that's an example of what I was talking about. I hadn't played a gig in a, a year since my band's last show last valentine's day and i felt a little rusty and it was my first live stream experience and i was just feeling uh, kind of uncomfortable so i felt like i did a crappy job playing the album so i just did it again i, t- I needed to have a second chance to try to do it better i don't know if i did but i wanted to, it, I, it sounded better but i thought it was mostly because you changed guitars but it, maybe uh, yeah Maybe I thought I started out thinking the crappy guitar would be better, and then 
by the end of it, I realized like maybe the crappy guitar was just crappy. Just so crappy. I, <laughs> <laughs> so I used the better quote unquote nice guitar. Nice guitar. But 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 then the next couple of weeks later, you did the album Bed, and that one's amazing. That was that was like the way it was supposed to sound in my head. It, it that's how you came. It was like it was just so good. Yeah, I think I I felt like I was more I was more comfortable for that one. I think maybe just I I felt more I got myself warmed up with the first one and then I was more lubed up for the second one or <laughs> something. So, so that's 19 <laughs> records. Are, do you think it's, this is going to go on that long where you're going to be able to do I all the records? To. I want to. I, I like to um, complete I'd like to complete the challenge. Yeah. So that'll be like five years later. Five years later I'll be done. So so once everybody gets the vaccine you're going to keep doing it or, or well, you're just going to... Well, hold up the vaccine like so you can to, do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to keep doing it and see how it feels. I'd like to keep going if I can, if it keeps working. I, yeah, I, that's 19 records that I, I maybe I'm making too much of it. But so you, how you know, many like, records have you made? Nine. Nine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's 19. If, if we don't count uh, God's foot, it would be 20. Is that correct? Yeah. Get, yeah. So yeah, let's talk okay. about God's foot. Okay. I mean, okay. when is that ever anyone ever going to get to hear that? Well, I think people have heard versions of it on the internet, you know, mm -hmm. like people, people found it and decided it. I, I never really, I don't remember ever really putting a final sequence together. So, there's no definitive version out there. Well, the and one I, I heard starts with, uh, you can't put your arms away. around a melody. Oh, the, see, that's not right. Because my, in, I would have started it with Fade Away. Okay. That was, I had some sequences and it always started with Fade Away. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't own the masters and, and I, tr I've tried to get it back from them but they won't it's too much money and they Jesus. won't give it to me but but i think if i'm reading contracts right i think that all my atlantic stuff is gonna it's all gonna revert back to me in 2025 i think uh-huh so, and then you get it back yeah but also my old manager gary thinks that he found a um what do you call that a uh Loophole? Yes, I was going to say a loop. A loop. <laughs> I have loop on the brain. A loophole in the contract. I think that it's possible that I might legally be able to release it now, um, but it's un it's kind of unclear the way contracts are. You know, it's like gibberish, but they may, they maybe were supposed to have sent me a written something in writing that, uh, you know, like, I, there might be, I might have a legal right to release it now. I'm not sure. Did you ever but have I, any thoughts of just re-recording it? Yeah, I thought about that. I was talking to Todd about that, like last year, I think, like about doing that. And then it just seemed like that would be too much work. I was, I started to feel too lazy about doing that. Yeah, and, and also a, not sure, not sure if I really even care that much about getting the album out. I mean, if people are hearing the songs, if they have them, if they're out there. And people are hearing them. Maybe that's good enough. Maybe I don't need to release the album officially. Yeah. I mean, what were you thinking at the time? Were you just kind of like, I, uh, 
what the fuck, this isn't good enough, and fuck you guys, or or were they like, fuck you? I mean, you know, you know who started with the fuck yous? Well, I was, okay, so. That should after, be the name of this podcast. Who yeah. started with the fuck yous? When I was recording, I recorded Only Everything, which was my second album for Atlantic, and I think that was when Danny Goldberg left Atlantic, who's, he, mm-hmm. he had signed me signed me to Atlantic and he he was the president and he was kind of behind he supported me and then he left and then I kind of knew like I'm screwed because right. there's no one at the company who really cares about me anymore and I'm just like screwed but I but still they let me go in the studio to record this third album and I worked on it and worked on it I was producing it um but I was, I was working at Dreamland in Woodstock and it was going really well and I the A and R guy came, and he said he they they reported back to me like they don't hear a single right quote unquote, unquote we don't hear a single can you write some more songs and record some more songs so now, I now did. when they said we don't hear a single did they know what that sounded like yeah well I think I think I remember them saying we don't hear a losing my religion. Something like that, <laughs> or something. I don't know. Whatever was on the radio then, but they, yeah, they don't tell you exactly. They're just like they don't tell you how what they don't tell you what they want. They don't of tell you, not. you know, like they don't tell you what to do or what a single is or what's a hit. They're just like go make us a hit, the hit that we want, but we don't know what it sounds like. So I went and I did that a couple times. I went and I wrote more songs, recorded more songs. And they're, again, they're like, we still don't hear a hit. Can you write more? And after a few rounds of that, I was like, can you just please drop me now? Cause can you let me go? Because this it clearly is ridiculous and it's not going to work out. And um, I went and I, I went with my manager to the offices in New York and I went to the new president's office and I asked him to please let me go. Um, and they let me go. But they kept the album and they wouldn't give it back to me. You think that was just out of spite, or no? They probably thought they were, they could make money off it somehow, but they never did. They never sold it to anyone, or they never they never released it. So they didn't make any money, and they didn't allow me to right. make any money. So they just lost money on it. Right, which which just feels spiteful, you know. I mean, well, just no. I, just, I don't think anyone cared enough about me to to want to spite me i think they were just like they just didn't care you know they had other priorities you know <clears throat> trying to hear a hit is almost like what what is it when the uh, supreme court is talking about what is pornography it's like you know yeah i, I, I know I, it when i see it right 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like yeah i mean hits are so i never tried to write a hit my I mean, my biggest quote-unquote hit was my sister, which was, it didn't even have a chorus, you know? It's like a mm-hmm. weird, dark song that, I mean, thematic, lyrically it's kind of dark and, and there's no chorus, so that was, but that was what they used as the radio single. So they, there's not really, it's like the hits are just, you know, they're, you can't really, if you try to make one, it's probably not going to be as good or as, cool as if it just happens like right. cool so you know songs 
You Sounds can try ridiculous. To make, yeah, I mean, you can make, obviously, you want to make things that, sometimes we write things that are catchy because we want them to be catchy. Um, but that magic formula, you, you can't really, you can't really capture the magic formula. It's more like it just lands in your lap if you're lucky. Right. Their entire job is based on telling people how to get that formula. And, and nobody, if anybody's honest, nobody knows. Yeah, it's just magic. It's just magic. And and some people have the ability to, um, you know, stir up the magic and some people don't. But I mean, there are people who have hits that don't have the magic and you can you can feel the difference. You can hear, you know, you hear a song, it's a big hit, but it doesn't have that magic. And it just sounds like a song that someone wrote to try to get on the radio. Right, 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 right. So out of the 19 records... Wait, is the new one the 19th? The new one's the 19th. So, accepting the new one out of all the other records, you know, like when uh, Q Magazine used to like, like have that list, they'd talk about uh, uh, Neil Young. Like, you know, he's got so many records, this is where you should start. I mean, where, yeah. where should people start in the middle of the wilderness of all those records with you? I mean, that, but even more so, which one's your favorite? Oh my gosh, I don't have a favorite. I really I really don't. I don't know what to say. I can't answer that. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? See, Ben, What's I told you those kind of questions mine? those questions are terrible. I know. Favorites. Scott, you can't you can't play what's, favorites. What's where should people start with local H? Uh they should probably start with um Dark Side of the Moon. I guess I'm the biggest Juliana fan here, so I'm going to chime in and say that my favorite is In Exile Dio. That's ah, what I was going to say. Wow. I was going to say. That that, is- that's from front to back. I cannot stop, the, you know, playing it in, in the middle anywhere. If ah. I had to start in the beginning again and just keep going because it's just a, such a full record. Thanks. Yeah, you know, that is, that's one that I would like to do soon for the live stream. I think that one would work really well. It's a live stream thing. Can't wait. That's cool. what I was trying to get you to say. In XL Dale? Yeah, that's what I thought you would say. But Gabe said, that's... Gabe said, I've had enough of this. I'm going to come right out and say it. <laughs> I kind of, I forgot about that one. I forget that things exist sometimes. It's just really focused and, right, Gabe? I don't know. There's just so many great songs back to back. I mean, there's, there's really, I mean, I hate to say no filler, but it's just so good from beginning to end. Yeah, I think Thank if people you. if people wanted to start, that would be a good record to start with. Oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks for reminding me that, about that one. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to it. It's been a really long time since I heard it. But I remember I worked really hard on it, and I was working up in Woodstock again with the same engineer that had worked with me on God's Foot, this guy Dave Cook, who was great, a great engineer. And, um, yeah, I worked really hard. Like, I did – we did – he knew this string arranger up there who played like who wrote these great arrangements for like for that song forever and other songs and there's some really good um stuff on that yeah all right yeah (laughs) thanks for reminding me about that record you guys oh i'm i'm gonna hold you to that playing that front to back because that's gonna be number four or five it's gonna be early oh early in the in the sequence i was thinking of doing how to walk away next, but I may do, I could do um, an XL Deo, maybe. I think those are both great ideas. All right, well, let's, 
you've also written a book. Let's talk about that. Okay. Now, uh, the thing that I think this book is fucking great. And the thing that I think is great about this book is because you talk about the bathroom situation in clubs. <laughs> and, like, no one has ever talked about that. And to me, that is the most lifer book ever written. Because you, you like, get into the... The, the nitty the, gritty. Well, the boredom and the yeah. just the mundane things. Like ev- the thing that everybody wonders every day is where am I going to use the bathroom and where am I going to eat, you know? And then it's mm-hmm. the show, right? Right. Yeah, you know, the book originally was, my plan was that the book was going to be just the tour diary of that one tour. Um, and it, it was going to, the, the working title was, if I lived here, I'd fucking kill myself. <laughs> yeah. That was what I was. That was what I was gonna call it. But then when I found a publisher, they started um, wanting me to add in these other um, bits of remembrances from my so-called career as a lifer, and so uh-huh. I, I started adding in the other stuff. But so now I look back and I feel like. I feel a little bit like the purity of that original tour diary concept was diluted a little bit. And I kind of wish it had just been, if I lived here, I'd fucking kill myself a tour diary of that year, that one year. Um, But yeah, but yeah, there's, there's all this stuff that happens. And when you're touring clubs and just like you're in the dressing room and there's no bathroom anywhere nearby mm. there's no sink there's no nothing and you're what do you, you know you have to go on stage and what are you supposed to do if you have to pee you pee in you a get, cup you gotta walk <laughs> right <laughs> right or you gotta walk through the crowd and, yeah. and stand in and line this, yeah and like that that's that's hey, just no Juliana fun Hatfield. yeah and you're supposed to go on in two minutes and you have to you walk up from the basement which leads right up to the stage and then you have to walk all the way through the crowd to the back of the room and then in through a door to the another to another room and then across that room and there's people all around people going, Hey Juliana, Juliana blah. and then right. and then you're and then you're waiting in line for the one bathroom at the one toilet and it's just it's too much of a hassle if you're supposed to play in a minute. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing too, yeah, it's humiliating and it's you feel like you've reached a certain point um that you shouldn't have to deal with that stuff and i and then you feel you know i feel sometimes like what am i a prima donna i can't just walk through the crowd and wait in line for the bathroom like everyone else but then i feel like no it's actually i shouldn't actually should not have to do that no i feel like i've earned a little bit of something after touring for 20 years or whatever it was at that point 15 years 10 years even if i'd been touring for just 10 years at that point i feel like i've earned um the right Some, to dignity. The right to not have to, the the right to just like pee in my dressing room in a toilet. I've right. earned that right. Right. Any club that doesn't have a pisser in the dressing room is not a real rock club. They shouldn't even be in business. <laughs> just, but I mean, we had some we had some fun shows at that club. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. They just oh, like, there's they a specific should, club. Yeah, that I mean that night that chapter was written about a specific club in Philly. But yeah, I think that they just sometimes I feel like they don't really think about the bands enough. They don't think about 
the band experience what they're going through and they and there's little things that need to be um just considered that aren't that don't seem to have been considered well what was the the bathroom at the grog shop i mean i don't know what the women's bathroom at the grog shop was like remember that gabe Oh, oh, that duck bathroom was so bad, <laughs> so bad. You and they had, go. they had like, there was the women's bathroom too. It was like there's like two stalls, I think, and they're just like a flimsy curtain, like one or two rings. So it's the curtains <laughs> hanging off, so you're not really private. And then yeah, there was always like the toilet was all stopped up with like full of gross stuff. Right. I think the guys' uh, bathroom was just a hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just like what it's like no respect really like no respect for the artists this was the old grog shop yeah yeah way. this yeah. is not the new grog shop the new grog no. shop certainly carry on i, I can't no, wait and to be and back the there old, the old grog shop was always fun to play so totally totally they just didn't have their bathrooms together did either of you ever play CBGBs in New York? Because I did in that. CBGBs? I've never heard of it. What no, is that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, those bathrooms Well, there's were... a CBGBs like in Vegas now or something. So I just oh. wanted to clarify which one. I don't think the CBGBs in Vegas has a bathroom that was perpetually half underwater. Like you'd go down to the bathroom and there was yeah. a flood that was like above your ankles every and time. Pe- and it's so legendary. People are almost like, oh, isn't that so great? CBGBs was, the bathrooms were so gross. Isn't that great? It's so legendary, but it, it's not fun when you're there in it, no. when you're in the middle no. of it. It sure isn't. No. But my friend Mike from that band, Ruth Ruth, has the best bathroom story uh, from a show he played at the Double Door, where he was having a bathroom emergency in the Double Door bathroom, uh-huh. um, and, and and things reached critical mass, and he had to then ev- evacuate that bathroom along with half of his ensemble and then was i don't know we should bring him on here sometime just to tell that story but he then cruised the whole neighborhood and kept going into different restaurants and using their bathrooms and getting thrown out of it was like an hour and a half of pure bathroom madness that is the worst Uh, and i I have done that just going down the street please let me in (laughs) i i have to play a show we'll use the bathroom there I, i don't have time to go into it i mean i really don't have time to go into it please Let me use the bathroom. Bathroom story is a podcast. It's so glamorous. <laughs> so glamorous. Well, oh, I want to talk about the video, the uh, Winter Western video that, uh, yeah. and the song. Um, for those of you who don't know, Juliana sang on Winter Western on our new record. And, and you killed it. You knocked out. I mean, I swear to God, I got chills the first time I heard it because part of me was i was like what the first thing was i was like what if she says no and then the second thing was like well what if she doesn't sound good you know <laughs> and and then everyone's like of course she's gonna sound good and i like I, I yeah and then we heard it and just the backs the the neck the hairs on my neck and all that kind of stuff it was the just neck, the necks on the back of my head the necks on the backs of my heads <laughs> i'm not i'm not doing hair. real well <laughs> The, the first thing I told you, I told you, Scott, I said, turn her up. Oh, yeah. This is Jimmy Hatfield. You got to turn her up. <laughs> yeah. yeah every- well, you, you were pretty um, clear about what you wanted me to do. So that was really helpful. Like I, just knowing what you wanted me to do made it so much um, 
simpler for me. So I knew what my task was. And so it, that helped me to be able to fulfill the task. If it wasn't so much the notes, it's, it's just kind of like the way you sing them. Cause, uh, I don't know, you just have this thing. And, and I think you always have sounded really cool on like sort of darker songs. Like your voice sounds great on stuff like that. Well, thanks. I, I, I feel like I have, I feel like my true calling is as a background singer on other people's songs. And I, 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 I feel like I should start a business. Um, like I'll be, I'll sing back. I'll sing right. harmonies for you. I'll, I'll come up. I'll, I'll think <laughs> right. up, I'll think of the parts and I'll right. sing them. Cause I think I'm really good at singing harmonies. I think you, uh, you totally should do that. Yeah. Like I, I, and, I, and I really like doing it. Like I, I really enjoyed singing on your song. And I, I don't do it very much. I, I don't. I'm not asked very often to do that. But I love doing it. If the song's good, like like Winter Western is, it's a really good song. And then we asked you to do the video, and you were you were down for that. And, and that was something I thought you'd definitely say no to. Well, and I that, well part of it is like, how can you say no to Rachel Lichtman? Right. You know, I, I really love Rachel and that was, and I loved the concept and so, yeah, it seemed like a really, it would be cool. It would, I wanted to see what it would look like. Yeah. And we could do it, uh, socially for, distanced. Yes. It was, it was the perfect video for, for a, uh, what are we in? A pandemic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. How long That's have you what, known Rachel? I've known Rachel for a few years, maybe a couple years. It's really only been two or three years. Um, and we've done a, at least a couple of videos of mine together and some other stuff. I just really, I just really like her. I like working with her and I, I like her attitude her energy. Yeah, she's got attitude and energy for days. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she should have her own TV show. Or she's she just in some perfect world, she she would have a, t a TV show of her own. She's a, like she she's just a great personality and she's she's a, she's just has really great ideas all the time. Right. And that whole thing is totally in her wheelhouse. Like it, I, I was yeah. like, you know, can you do this? The, the electric company thing. She's like, Oh, Oh my God. Oh, I, I totally know how to do that. I know. I know exactly how to do it. I know exactly how to pull it up. Okay. I'll oh, so that you. was your, that was your idea. It was my idea. Oh, okay. But I knew that she would know how to do it. Right. And so yeah. I was like, like even before the sentence was out of my mouth, she goes, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like the electric company. Okay. I'll call uh -huh. Jules. And I'll make sure she can, you know, get, get the camera and blah, blah, blah. And, and she was, she was on it, but yeah, she, did, she, she came up with all this other stuff with, you know, with the, the letters band. and the band and, stuff looks really good. Like it looks great. The colors and the, and the H and everything looks really good. Yeah. That was all her. That was all yeah. her. I, I, I didn't. It's great. Yeah. I didn't have any of that going. So did you, did you guys just film yourselves playing in silhouette? Or something, right? So we film, filmed ourselves in front of a, a green screen uh, with our phones, and so she made you into silhouettes. So, so Ryan, the drummer, would have to shoot me playing, 
And then I'd shoot him playing and then she put it together. Okay. And then he shot me singing and then they put it together with you. Did you shoot yourself singing or did somebody I, else shoot I, you? I, I did it. I did Ooh. it in my, ba- in my bathroom. Nice. Yeah. It's just like, like this podcast. Just like the Brown Bunny. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> yeah. What was that? The, the Brown Bunny? Who was who that? Who directed the Brown Bunny? What's his face? Vincent. Vincent Gallo. Yeah. And it's all him, right? He's, he's got yeah. the camera. That's not a good movie. Vincent Gallo. What, That's what Roger Ebert said. <laughs> it's true. It's not a good movie, unquote. <laughs> yeah. Like, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well. Wait a minute. I got to say one thing. Okay, good. Juliana. I have to thank her. I don't feel like you get enough thanks or any that I've ever seen or appreciation for um, the I Don't Cares album, Wild Stab, which is, I uh, think, a fantastic thing. And thank you very much for making that happen. Because I, well, I always, thanks. I hear that you are the sort of driving force behind that. Well, I like to think that I helped facilitate that the release of those all those songs, those mm-hmm. Paul Westerberg songs, and yeah, it was. I was just we were kind of hanging out, and I and he would just sometimes put on demos he had made, and I'd be like, "Holy shit, that song's great! What is this?" And he'd be like, "Oh, it's just the thing I recorded." And <laughs> and so I feel like I'm I was like kind of a curator, working yes. as a curator, and drawing these things out of him and then we would um you know add add to them you know obviously i sang a little bit on some of them and we we wrote a few songs together and but it's mostly stuff that he had already been working on in his basement recording studio and and yeah i'm just really glad i'm really glad that happened because it was a lot he's got so much music and most of it is not heard by people or a lot of it is not heard by people how did the record with matthew come about um i think i think um when i was recording how to walk away in new york at stratosphere sound in what was that like it was around the time when my book was going to come out around 2008 or something Mm -hmm. um Matthew came and to the studio and sang on one or two songs. sang sang on that song, "Such a Beautiful Girl," and I and I feel like we might we probably knew each other before that. I can't remember when we met, but I just loved his voice. I loved his voice so much, and I loved his, when he sang with me. I loved how it sounded, and then and then he asked me to sing on something on a not a surf b-side and that a song called i want to take you home i sang on that it was really fun and it was it was just kind of like this mutual admiration society and and then we just at some point we had we had this window of time we both were available to um work on this project so we wrote some songs and which really, we tried to write, we tried to sit down and write songs together, but Scott, you probably know how that's like. It's like, we we ended up just, I wrote a bunch of songs and he wrote a bunch of songs and then we kind of like brought them together and sang on them together. 
So yeah, like, I remember Scott, that. Scott, I don't know. Do you know? Like, do you like? Are you? Can you collaborate on songwriting, or do you just kind of like? You just do your own thing, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it, sometimes it depends on the person too. But I almost I feel like I don't want to get in anybody's way sometimes. Yeah, that and that that's how it ended up with me and Matthew. It's we both brought songs to the project and then we played and sang on them together and and I, that's how that happened. I remember that tour, I think you guys just kind of like went back and forth, right? Played mini yeah. sets. Well, we we were no, we were together on stage. And but didn't you play some songs by yourself and he played some songs by himself and you would kind of like I don't remember. Actually, I don't remember. Forth? I don't remember. I, I know that, yeah, like I was, yeah, I was singing lead on my songs and he was singing lead on his songs. But we, I think yeah, there were, we were adding vocals to each other's songs. And I had, I, we were both playing guitars and then sometimes I was playing a keyboard. And, right. But I think we were both up there the whole time together. I mean, I maybe I'm wrong, but I, I thought I remembered you like playing songs from your records yeah, you but know, not... I think that we both were singing together, though. We would sing together. So he was playing, like, not a surf songs, and you were playing your solo stuff. Yeah, but then also together. the minor Alps stuff. Right, we were right, doing right, that right, stuff right. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I you might be right. You might be right. Like, we might have done Fruit Fly. I can't, I can't remember, actually, what, what all we did. I thought for sure you did, uh, what's the, put me in the basement. No, no, no. What is that? Live on tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. I, did you I do that? Remember. I don't remember. God, I don't I re remember. I remember, maybe it wasn't that show. Maybe it was a show that we ran into you, uh, fuck, in Baltimore or something. But I remember you playing that. I was like, oh, it just killed me. I, I thought it was that show. And I, and I was like, I got to cover this one of these days. But I, th I tried it and I thought better of it after that that's, that's an only everything song i know but you know the, the vocals aren't the vocals aren't that easy to pull off you're you know what you're well, a pretty if, good singer well if you're me they're easy to sing it's just like my song so it's easy to sing yeah but you also do this thing where you'll you I, it's probably just because you're bored of the melody but you'll like mess around the melody in, in ways that other singers don't really do like you really yeah i'm a spaz no you're really confident <laughs> and, and and it's like what, i'm what, overconfident I, I write these i come up with melodies that are stretching my limited voice too far i write yeah i do that no no i i think you you get comfortable and then you start doing these things like uh curly cues and you know <laughs> dancing around it and so okay. then you talk to you and it's like to, to call you overconfident just seems like, wait, who who are you talking to? Are you talking about Juliana? Yeah, like me, overconfident? Yeah. I haven't, in, I have, I have, like, I, I've said this in the studio. When I'm singing in the studio, I'm, I've, I've, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm losing my turn of thought, but I'm like crippled by insecurity. When I first go to sing a song in the studio and there's like an engineer listening, I, I, sometimes I have almost like breakdowns. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't sing these words. And it always, like, and this melody. It takes me a while. I feel naked when I'm first singing a song. Yeah. Are you the but same? Then I get, but then I get, then I gain my confidence, obviously, and I start to spaz out. <laughs> Are you the same way with guitar solos? Oh, yeah. You should, like, in this, in the studio, I really need, like, a psychiatrist 
because I'm so insecure and I, and I'm just like so I'm always apologizing to the engineer. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my god, sorry, just let me do it again. I'm such a <laughs> I'm such a loser. I'm such an idiot. I don't know how to play guitar. And then it takes me a while to just um, get my confidence. Every time I go in the studio, it's like that. It's like I've never done it before. But then it just takes me a while to get back into the groove of it. Yeah, I don't know. Your phrasing and, and the tones that you come up with, I don't know if you're like a pedal geek or, or, or what, but like I could listen to you play guitar all day. Like, uh, I mean, I, I'd almost rather... <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Who's your guitar... Who who is your guitar person? Well, lately in the studio at Q Division, it's this guy, um, this engineer named James Bridges, mm-hmm. who is so great to work with because he he uh, he'll just break out these all kinds of pedals. Like I'll have like twenty things on the floor in front of me, and he'll he always know he has really good instincts, and he knows like what if if I'm working on a solo and I feel like. It needs to be, it needs to have like, it needs to be gnarly and, but also with delay and he'll be like, oh, here, use this and this. And it's always like the most, um, the greatest sounds like, right. or he'll be like, just plug into the board and let's see how, let's make it just sound like it's breaking and that'll be the perfect sound. And he's always, he's really good with that stuff. Well, who was your guitar hero when you were like getting your style together um well you know it's like it was like i loved jay mascus solos Mm. the way he would his sound and his soloing really that was huge for me and then um lead guitar players i love i love neil young lead guitar playing i loved um you know, just like now I'm drawing a blank, of course. Yeah, though, I mean, but people like that who are sort of like sloppy, but um, lyrical. Yeah, lyrical, and and but with Jay, it was also like it was so heavy, but also so pretty at the yeah. same time, and I love that con- that combination. And Neil Young, his solos are just like such great tones, and and so like um just kind of free like not too um not too structured and not too clean you know it's just like a little bit of a little bit loose i like that looseness yeah Yeah. i mean i was so psyched to find out that you like that ragged glory record yeah we used to the blake babies used to play a a bunch of those songs live yeah those solos on that record are just great and again that's another guy that i could just listen to play guitar yeah. All day. I love, have you seen Dead Man where it's just him? No, I never saw that. Oh God, it's so great. It's just him and the entire soundtrack is him and his guitar and he did it where he just watched the movie and he just kept playing along with the movie. The Jim Jarmusch movie? Right. No, I've never, oh wow, I didn't know that. I should see that because I want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, there's footage of him sitting in a chair playing and he's just watching the screen and he's oh, just wow. playing along and that's the soundtrack wow. to the cool. movie. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Scott? Well, who are your guitar heroes? I think Paige was my guy. Oh Jimmy yeah, Page. me too. He's on my he's on my top five list for sure. Yeah, Jimmy Page had that, you know, he had that flash, but he was also super sloppy. He yeah. would do that thing where he'd, he'd go, he'd play it three times, and he'd be like, "All right, pick one." Yeah. 
That's kind of like that's kind of what I do too in the studio. You got a three rule? Do, well, actually, that's not true. I it's more like that for vocals, for vocals. I've I've been I sometimes do like twenty or thirty guitar solos and then I'll comp one out right. of those. If I can't get it together, I'll just comp it out of a whole bunch of takes. When I start a guitar solo, I like to go. All right, I'm going to do the Jimmy Page three thing, uh-huh. and then. Seven solos later, I'm like, just no, give me three one, more. one three more. more time, please. Oh, me too. I'm all every after every take. I'm like, one more time, one more time, one more time, one more time, one more time. Yeah, you're like, time. three starts with this one. Yeah, like, this is the first of this them. is right. the one. Or, or this is the one. This is this is gonna be the one. No, this you're, is gonna be the one. You play a, a note and you're wait a minute. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. <laughs> well, Juliana, thanks for doing this. It, Gabe, any questions? Oh, I had a whole list of questions, but I, 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 those are just fanboy questions. I just well, come just, on, come is on. There, is there any, <laughs> anything else you want to ask me? Oh, uh, you know what? We talked about you how you have nineteen or twenty records, but that doesn't include all the extra songs that you didn't put on records. That back in the day, I remember seeing you had these things where you could just donate and get all these songs for you know all the songs you wanted, and you just pay what you whatever you wanted for, like. Right. You, you you must have a hundred songs that you don't even have on albums. Um, not that many. There's there's some, but um, yeah, I forgot about those too. No, there's yeah. some really good. I mean, I, I wish I could yeah. come up with names. Right oh, now, the like, stuff like um, the song oh yeah, called, like Sybil. Yes, and there's one Sybil. called I think the only one. Yep, the only one. Oh, and then there's the oh called. yeah, the only and then Perfect Stranger. Yeah, there's all kinds of like. Do you ever think you're going to go back and maybe take one of those songs and try and record it now, or are those songs just? No, I think I'd probably just move on and write new songs. But I, I may, but maybe someday I'll compile those and make a real release out of them or something. You need Paul Westerberg to curate your unreleased songs, <laughs> right? Yeah. He sings Turnabouts for a play. Yeah. What 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 about the EPs that you always used to put out? What was the one with Ryder on it? Uh, I don't remember what EP that was. I thought that was a B-side, or, or maybe it wasn't. I, mean, I it was don't like remember. a five-song EP, but I, I mean, don't... it was sort of, you'd have B-sides, but you'd have three or four B-sides. Remember, Gabe? Hmm. Yeah, there, there's there's all kinds of, of just heavy-as-hell songs that you did back then, because they were just so so distorted. Oh, yeah, like get At, that song, Get Off. I remember like that was a good one. Get Off. Do you know that one, Get Off? I think that yeah. was on an EP, maybe. I don't know. Was it like the the early Become What You Are uh, EPs that like singles and extra songs like that? But there's just so many tracks that aren't on records that it, it's it's like wow. I, I have a CD myself where I just made up MP3s of your songs and it has like a hundred and something songs on it. Whoa. Besides, so <laughs> I, I just you know I look forward to hearing all new kinds of stuff from you. But this new uh, stream you're going to be doing when is that coming up? The only everything one, right? That's this Sunday, February twenty first at four p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's coming up. Are you ready? Um, almost ready. All right. Oh, we didn't even talk about the fucking uh, Olivia Newton John record. We haven't really talked about that. Do you, do you want to talk about yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. That record is awesome. Uh, Thanks. I, I mean, it's. Uh, the, the songs that you pick, but but there's just something about the, like, 
I've rarely heard a covers record where it's like, oh yes, this person should be covering that person. I mean, did you, did you know that or did you not even think about it like that? No, I was, I wasn't really, I wasn't, was trying not to think too much about it or about what people would think. I was just trying to focus on feeling my way through the songs and, and trying to get inside the songs so that they felt natural, you know? Yeah. And it really was just like, it was a labor of love. It was very challenging, but I, I was really dedicated to it and I wanted it to be good. And I want, I really just wanted to share the love that I had for her and for those songs. And I, I think I, I think I did a pretty good job. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. It's terrific. I mean, you've always had a really good way with covers and your choices <clears throat> have always been really good. Kind of like really influential to me about the way that you cover songs and the songs that you pick to cover. Like I've always really responded to that. Thank you. What do you- I love that Olivia Newton-John album, but what I think is even more amazing in its own way is the police covers yep. album because Olivia Newton John is sort of cool in like a in a, in a cool in a in a you know in a sort of like a hipster like you know Olivia Newton John is cool again kind of way and people have gotten back into like or gotten into Xanadu after yeah. like, you know forty years like oh that movie's kind of insane in its own interesting way and her song but the Police are are a band that I think we all loved at the time when they were playing. Um, and, and, or when I, when I was growing up and I was like that, but, but they haven't become cool again, I don't think. And right. your album yeah. sort of like immediately kicked that. I'm like, Oh fuck. They, they, God damn it. I used to love every one of these songs <laughs> and I sort of gave up on this band, you know, 20 years ago and stopped listening to them cause I'd over listened to everything, but here they are again. And in these fresh arrangements and it's like, they're all like brand new again. And it's such an uncool thing to do that it automatically for me became like the coolest thing ever to listen to. And I was like, wow, this is such a great idea. Well, the thing, the last thing I want to do is, is record a bunch of songs by a cool band. That's like the last thing I want to do. Cause that's just, everyone wants to record the cool covers, but I don't want to do that. I want to, I just want to be, I just want to, go to places that where I feel joy or I, or, um, it's not nostalgia at all, even though I mm-hmm. loved this stuff when I was a kid. Cause it's stuff that I still get so much pleasure out of listening to now. It has to be something that resonates now and still makes me feel that just like visceral pleasure when I listen to it. And that's all it's about. And it's like, um, I don't know. I don't care. I never cared about coming across as cool because it never works if you try to be cool yeah. well, i think oh. that police record says <clears throat> a lot about you i mean i i think that that the police is really close to you i mean i could picture they were probably your favorite band at oh my god time, i was right? just i was just cleaning out my basement storage space of all these boxes which is i was basically going through everything that i've saved from my childhood until now and i found all this stuff that like letters I'd written to friends in high school and diary entries and there's all this stuff about 
the police and going to see them and how much I loved Sting and how I was just like so inspired by them and I was like truly truly like in kind of in love with with the band when I was in high school like really it was so touching to me to see all that stuff like I was like passionate passionate about them yeah yeah they really that. inspired me a lot to um, make my own music. I mean that that first record still <clears throat> fucking sounds so great and it does it's so raw and yeah. it sounds it sounds like three guys in a room just like banging out these songs in a couple takes and that's probably that's what it was. Yeah, and like the guitar overdubs are a little too loud and yeah, and it's just it's it's great. Yeah. It's pretty raw. It's really raw and gnarly sounding, really, like in the best way. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's got weirdness going on. It's it's a it's a really good. Record. Yeah, and it, and Sting's voice was just it was truly unique. You know, he he really doesn't sound like anyone else, and his voice was so high that it was really um, easy for me to sing along to it, and I felt like it really an affinity for his melodies when I when I sang. It just felt so natural to sing along yeah and then like we all know something he what got a little weird when he went solo it just like he something happened and it was it got a little challenging to be a fan but now nah, i still love him you know like i can't i can't not love him i still i did, still feel did, that when i hear his voice i still feel when, when i hear those police songs i still feel that feeling like that passion for that stuff the melodies and stuff yeah, it comes through. Did you go see them on their reunion tour? No. Oh, I no. When was that? Like Jesus. Recently? Ten years ago. I want to say no. ten years ago because that's what I say about everything. But no, it's probably I, at least ten years. I ago. think you might be right. Ten years. I don't ago. think I. Even, I don't think I knew it was happening. Even. I, it, they played at Wrigley Field here in Chicago, and I lived over by there, and I remember just sitting on my porch and listening to the show. Did it sound good? It sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. My friend, do you know Josh Preeze? I know of Josh, and I might have met him a few times, but I don't really know Josh. He was, before before everyone stopped touring, he had been um, playing drums in Sting's band. And he was on the road a lot. And I, I talked to Josh once in a while, and he was always on the road with Sting. Like, he, he says that Sting's a workaholic. He just... Works, works, works all the time. Or has sex for 24 hours straight. He's a lot of holics. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a lot of holics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's got something going, that sting. <laughs> Der stingle. <laughs> all right, so you've got a new single out called Blood All Over My Face. <laughs> and it's blood. coming out of my ears. Blood on the back of my neck. Mouth full of blood. I'm sorry I fucked that up. You've got a... Okay. Uh, your 19th solo album coming out, Blood. Did you think of calling it Blood, Blood, Blood? No, is that something? No, next time you can do that. And then yeah. you've got uh, the Only Everything live stream, and that's coming up the 21st. And people can pay whatever they want for that, right? Yeah, pay or not, whatever you want. And, and it's going to be left up to watch for a couple of weeks after the live performance and then I'll take it down in a couple of weeks. Nice. I'm very, very excited about this. And the new record, like, is it, is it angry? Is that what I'm hearing? Um, is that what people are saying? 
I don't know. I'm hearing you say that, and by by following just, your Twitter account, I, I I can get somewhere where you're going. It's not angry. It's just violent. <laughs> so it, it it's it's laissez faire like, violence. It's, it's violent. Like my music has been from the beginning. If, if you go, and, I realized this when I was I was writing and recording Blood, and I realized like, wow, this stuff's really like this is violent violent imagery. Metaphorical, of course, because I'm not a violent person. But and then and then maybe go back and look at my work over the years, and there's a lot of violence in my songs. And I just I and then I was reading Kristen Hirsch's book and recently Rat her book Rat Girl, and she was she mentions how songs are like licensed to be violent or something. And I and I was like, oh yeah, that's she she's explaining what I've been doing without realizing it. Like so there's violence in our music and that's just, it, I think it's healthy. It's a way to explore this darkness. Um, and also it's, it's about, um, it's like fantasies of justice. You know, you want, you want, um, you want bad people to be punished and in real life they don't, they aren't punished. So you get to punish them in your songs. Yeah. You know, I do. I, yeah, I know how, I know, I know I know how bad you know. people are not punished. Yes. Right. <laughs> I know it over and over and over. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally, I, I never thought of that, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, I paraphrased Kristen, but I didn't say it right, but she, she said it really succinctly about the, vi- the violence in, that is in music. And it's, it's okay that it is like that. Cause it's, it's healthier to work through, um, those feelings in music than it is to go out and kill someone in real life. Well, how do you feel about uh, film violence? Do you feel like that's the same thing? Um, well, I was going to use that if, if anyone, when people start hearing my whole album and if, if anyone ever comes at me with questions like, do you really want to stab someone in the neck? How can you be so, how can you say something like that? And uh, I would say like, oh, do you think that, um, Francis Ford Coppola wants to chop the head off a, a horse. <laughs> yes. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's art, man. It's like, you can, it's metaphorical. I'm not, I don't really want real violence. It's just, you can work through that stuff in your artwork. I think it's okay. Yeah, I think people that get upset about that are just trying to get upset about something. And there's something else going on with them that they want to argue what the real problem is, they don't want to argue about. They want to argue about the problem is violence in movies or people killing well, each other I, in songs. Also, I think it's just like, it's also context matters. And yep. if it, is it exploitive, you know, like, is it just violence to, sh- to be um, sensational or to get, to get people to pay attention or is it, or is there a good reason for it? I, sometimes I'll, I can't watch violence in films. Like I have to close my eyes, but if it makes sense in the movie, I feel like it's okay. I might just not be able to watch it, but and sometimes, sometimes violence is fun. Sometimes it's fun in movies. You mean? Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. a violent movie is a lot of fun. Like evil dead is a lot of fun and it's sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's about as violent it, as it gets. Yeah, and it, it's fun to to watch the bad guys be pummeled 
into bloody pulp. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, thanks for doing this. It's, it's, you know, our second episode. We're still a little rusty. Uh, I'm a little rusty. Thank you. We're all rusty. Thanks for inviting me. It was fun. And uh, thanks for being on the record. I, you know, once you were on the record, I mean, you're the reason I think that we called it lifers. Like it just became this idea. Uh, the concept of the record just became about people that we look up to and respect. And you, you are somebody I look up to and respect and you're great. And well, that's really nice to hear. And I, and I have a lot of respect, respect for you too. I think you, you have like the, uh, a lot, you have, integrity and you've got the soul of rock and roll in, in a way that I think I just mean that like what you do seems like inspired and you're not you're not forcing it and you're not like trying to pull one over on people well I had good influences and one of those were was you well thank so, you so thank you thank <laughs> you